You're listening to the Casting for Fun podcast, the show that talks about entertainment, sports, music, and inspirational stories for all to enjoy. We're glad you could join us today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, here is your host, Albert Pineda. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Casting for Fun podcast. I am your host, Albert Pineda, and this week's episode is for Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. The Major League Soccer season is about to kick off. I'm very, very excited for watching Major League Soccer, but especially for the LA Galaxy, my all-time favorite soccer team. Uh, The LA Galaxy, uh, regardless of how they're doing, whether it's poor or doing excellent or somewhere in the middle, I always love watching the team. But they have actually made some really, really cool team adjustments during this offseason. So I think for the first time in a while, they're going to be a really competitive competitive team that could possibly be competing for MLS cup this year, or at least the bare minimum making the playoffs and uh, making a a good splash in major league soccer and giving us lots of entertaining soccer games to watch this year. So to celebrate the starting of the major league soccer season, which officially kicks off tomorrow night in Miami, uh, the galaxy's first game won't be until Sunday, the 25th, but uh, to celebrate, I'm going to be inviting a very awesome guest Tim Welling, who, again, is a major, major fan of the LA Galaxy, just like I am. So it's always awesome and great to have Tim on the show to talk about everything that the Galaxy has been up to the past couple of months during the offseason, to preview the the game against Inter-Miami, and just talk soccer in general. So I'm really excited that Tim's able to join me. Before I get to Tim and and our conversation about the LA Galaxy, I do want to share some entertainment news very, very quickly, because all these entertainment news stories that I want to share are really awesome and cool. And if I wanted to, I could dive into each of them individually for quite a while, but I do want to kind of go through this quick so I can get through, get to my conversation with Tim. Uh, First, the fantastic forecast has finally been announced. It's been a long time coming, but Marvel studios has finally announced who will be playing the fantastic Four. Uh, Pedro Pascal, who again, had been reported by many entertainment news outlets that he was going to be as Mr. Fantastic. Uh, it is officially confirmed that he will be Mr. Fantastic. Uh, Vanessa Kirby, best known from the Mission Impossible movies, the most recent ones, and I think she was in one of the Fast and the Furious movies as well, uh, will be playing the Invisible Woman. Uh, Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things, playing the character of Eddie, is uh, going to be playing uh, uh, Johnny Storm, the Human Torch. And Ivan Musk Bachrock. Uh, we'll be playing the thing. So this cast is really cool. I mean, I, I would love to dive into it a little more deeply. I'll probably save that for another episode. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, but yes, July 25th, 2025, next year, next summer will be the re- official release date. Uh, we'll see, you know, th- these products, projects sometimes get pushed back if things aren't moving fast enough, but we finally have the cast. We just need some villains, and I think we're going to get some good villains as well. And I'd imagine that if they want to meet that date, they're probably going to start filming very soon, probably this spring. I'd imagine the script's already done, so we're just waiting to get those, these cameras rolling. But yeah, I'm really excited for a Marvel Studios version of the Fantastic Four. Uh, next, Ben Wang. Uh, a relatively unknown uh, Chinese kid who was actually in the, the Disney Plus show American Born Chinese, or was it a movie? I'm not sure. But uh, he has been cast as the new Karate Kid to appear in that Sony-produced uh, Karate Kid movie with Ralph Macchio and Jackie Chan, which is still tentatively scheduled for this December. But, I mean, they're, they're filming Cobra Kai right now. Uh, I would imagine Ralph Macchio's schedule is probably pretty busy in, until Cobra Kai finishes. He can't really start this new project. So I don't think they're going to make that uh, that date of December. But it is exciting and encouraging that they do have the new Karate Kid cast. Uh, this kid, Ben Wang, is well-versed in various forms of martial arts and uh, speaks Mandarin fluently. So I think he's going to be an excellent addition to the cast. I think it should be really cool. I've never seen that American-born Chinese show. So I'm, I'm sure he's, he's a, good, a good choice for the role. But it should be interesting to see, uh, definitely. And then last but not least, uh, Incubus uh, in, introduced or uh, announced some really important news pertaining to the band. So Ben Kenny has officially quit the band. He's officially left. Uh, I was assuming that he might be able to return after... Uh, he went through his major surgery last year, but it looks like Ben Kenny has officially retired. And Nicole Rowe, who was brought in as a temporary replacement, is now, in fact, the permanent replacement. I am going to miss Ben. I think Ben was really awesome on base. But as I mentioned in my conversation with Allison last summer, talking about Incubus, uh, I think Nicole Rowe is a more than uh, acceptable and more than fitting uh, uh, addition to the band. I think she's going to contribute very well. And 
the band announced that they're going to be re-recording the Morning View album entitled Morning View 23. Uh, it's going to be a really kind of like rock heavy sound. Of course, it's already a really awesome rock heavy album, but there are a few songs that they've already released so far that sound really, really cool. In fact, I want to play just a little bit of a clip from the song Echo, which is a, a slow, slower kind of like love song from the first Morning View album, but they've actually incorporated some really heavy guitars into the sound in this re-recording of it. So take a look, take a listen to this. guitar sound that they've had incorporated into the album or this particular song rather and i think the re-recorded versions of the song songs are going to be really cool uh, so I, i'm planning to probably do a track by track review of this new incubus album that gets released or rather um a re-recording of an existing album but uh interpreting the songs differently which would be really cool to to dive into it's it's scheduled to be released sometime in may i've read conflicting reports some reports have said may 10 some have said may 24th i'm assuming it is going to be this may but uh, i'll definitely keep everybody all the listeners posted as to when this particular uh re-recorded incubus album will be releasing and apparently they've got some new material in the works too so it'll be really cool to hear new songs uh, with Nicole Rose specifically contributing to their writing process. So, so that's the news for today. Again, all three of those stories have me really excited, and I could probably go on for much longer about all three of them if I wanted to, but I want to get to my conversation with, with Tim Welling. So thank you to the listeners. Thank you for catching this episode of the po- Casting for Fun podcast. This is my conversation with Tim Welling, uh, previewing the t- 2024 LA Galaxy Major League Soccer season. So welcome back to the show, Tim Welling. Tim, how are you doing, my friend? Very good, sir. How's it going, Albert? It's going good. Uh, I'm excited that soccer season's upon us. It's a really awesome time of the year. Uh, It's been too long. Uh, I mean, I love all sports. So technically, for me, there's something to watch all year long. But there is something (laughs) really special about like the leaving the winter, getting into the springtime for both the start of uh, MLS and MLB. So I'm really excited for both soccer and baseball. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't watch I don't watch much baseball myself, but uh, soccer definitely excited. We're on the eve of a new season, and uh, you hear about all the signings that have happened, or like you know potential signings, signings, how the off season's gone. So it's like just a lot of anticipation, you know. Yeah, it's um, been a really yeah. really exciting off season for the galaxy. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, I mean, you know, you know, knock on wood because I mean we've said this before in the past couple of years, but <laughs> this year really feels like something special is happening with the team that hasn't happened in quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've had good feelings before, right? But I mean, I'm 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 cautiously optimistic, but it, it does feel different this year. I mean, it looks like there's some signings that could make a real impact. Um, yeah, I'm stoked. 
Very cool. Very cool. So let's dub into it. Let's dub into some galaxy talk before we get into like the recent signings and the recent news and stuff. I just kind of feel just to complete the story. I want to kind of fill in our listeners onto the, the, the whole Chris Klein saga, because really as far as like listeners go, like, I mean, I think you, maybe a handful of other friends, I really love the galaxy, but I think most of my listeners of this podcast maybe don't really follow the team. So, you know, we talked about what was going on with Chris Klein. Big news happened with him, but we didn't really finish the story. So I kind of wanted to do that. Just yeah. Really quick. I mean, we don't have to focus on him too much, but uh, so Tim, can you fill in the listeners? What ended up happening with Chris Klein after the season? When we talked about the fact that the fans were boycotting and they uh, were basically the, the hardcore fans weren't coming to the games until this, this particular uh, 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 front office guy was let go. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, Chris Klein was what manager of uh, LA Galaxy for, or, or president, right? Uh, kind Team of president, soccer, yeah, 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 of their soccer operations, and uh, for like nine years or something like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, last yeah we talked about it last year the Galaxy had a not not a great start, um, and there's a lot of pressure, uh, you know, on on uh, on the front office to get rid of. Uh, you know, some old, old, old heads that were, have been in, in charge for a while. While I mean, meanwhile, the galaxy hasn't seen much success uh, when it comes to the off season or, or, you know, how, how their results go. I mean, they, they last won MLS Cup in like 2013, right? Or uh, 2014, 2014. Yeah. So, I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pressure about, about making changes on the team and, uh, and so he sort of had a target on his back a little bit. And, you know, a lot of people thought for good reason, because it just seemed like, you know, we needed a, a, ch- a change. And yeah, I, I thought it was very interesting because, I mean, he um, he ended up, you know, making he, there was so much pressure building and like so many I mean, all the comments it felt like like on social media for Galaxy was just very negative at the time, for sure, like. <laughs> There, like a lot of people wanted change and so they had to address it and so it was interesting how how he made that uh kind of that promise to to just give it till the end of the season if the results aren't what we're looking for you know that he would step down as a president but what ended up happening is you know he ended up getting fired before that even had to occur mm-hmm. um, and that was was the last june i mean was it even halfway through the season it was like a little before wasn't it a little before i want to say it was in may and i remember there was a particular incident there uh i think some of the fans actually did come and lift their boycotts if i remember correctly the angel city brigade did they said okay we're gonna come and support the team uh they really wanted you know the the fans back in the stadium particularly for the the rose bowl game against lafc and what happened was after one particularly really bad loss i think some of the fans actually got into almost like a really bad vocal altercation with some of the galaxy gm people who were there i think even head coach greg vanny so like the i think the uh, for lack of a better word, the poop at the fan, <laughs> basically, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and Chris Klein was let go. So basically, it's kind of, it's interesting to me that in a way you can look at it that the fans ended up winning. I, I before I thought it was con- comparing it to like a game of chicken, where like you know who's going to give first the the front office or the fans who's going to give in first. As it turns out, yeah. the fans actually won this game of chicken. Yeah, I mean it was very surprising. You know, you think you think they hold all, all the cards. You know, ultimately, I mean they they're. They can make they. It's up to the team to make their own personnel decisions, but I mean, there was just it, it was too much. It was too much. Yeah, I mean, the results just weren't weren't there, and it had been an, a, enough time where I think most fans were really ready for for something else. And uh, yeah, it was it, it was actually surprising to see the boycotts really work, honestly, because yeah, it, I'm pretty sure if you know if there wasn't a boycott, that they probably would have, you know he would have made it to the end of the season, you know, or if there wasn't that, that amount of pressure that he, that that him and the team were under that, uh, you know, they probably would have, he probably would have been around, but Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's just, it was was effective. So it was interesting for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But then unfortunately, just to finish the story. So, so Chris Klein has let go. The galaxy have just a disastrous season where so many key players got injured. And in fact, I mean, I know it, it could be just an easy for me as a fan just to claim this, but I honestly feel that if they hadn't lost half their starting start for their starters, they probably would have done better, maybe made the playoffs. 
But but again, that excuses uh, what they are, what they are. But uh, what I want to do now is actually insert a clip. So the Galley Galaxy recently started a YouTube, or they've had a YouTube channel for quite a while. They just started a brand new show to give you a really in-depth look into the team. And I'm, I'm really excited to watch this. This is really cool stuff. So uh, if you take just a second, Tim, I'm going to go ahead and insert this into the clip, the beginning episode of the Galaxy's team uh, YouTube show, our team. Plays ahead to Ferreira, our referee points to midfield, and the 2023 season has come to an end for the LA Galaxy as FC Dallas puts on four in the first half for a 4-1 victory. Honestly, like, a, was just a lot of emotions today. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a challenging year. Uh, yeah, I think last season was a good example of what we don't want to have happen again. You know, last season, while it didn't end the way we wanted it to, it did afford us a little more time to uh, plan, scout, and begin negotiation with players. So we feel better prepared for the start of the season with the extra time that we had. So we just heard the vo the voices of key Galaxy personnel. Uh, Joe Tatino, longtime play-by-play uh, -play man for the team, uh, head coach Greg Vanny, and uh, new recently appointed GM of the general manager of the club, Will Koontz. So, you know, the season ended really bad, but at the same time, I think there was a glimmer of hope in the fact that Will Koontz was hired. So, Tim, what do you know about Will Koontz? I mean, he comes to the Galaxy with a lot of – a huge uh, pedigree of success in previous uh, uh uh, experiences working with Major League Soccer, not even Major League Soccer only exclusively, but also with uh, Major League Baseball as well. Yeah, was, was it the was was the Yankees? She was involved, or who were who? Yeah, it was the Yankees. He, he was part of their World Series championship team in two thousand nine. He was working with the organization there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that. I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, his involvement in uh, Major League Baseball with the Yankees, and and of course also. Um, more importantly for soccer, I mean, LAFC, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Was he, was he their manager as well? Or he or was, the, I think, the assistant club manager. So, so he okay. wasn't like the head guy, but he was helping. He was definitely part of the yeah. success that they, that club has had as much as I hate to admit it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially if, if we get, I mean, yeah, it, it, it was, that was a really good, that was a really interesting signing. Um, and the fact that he has had, a lot of previous success just it feels right and um i mean i'm sure we'll talk about it but when it comes to the signings that we've seen or, or the players that you know he's been targeting since he's come in it really seems like uh he's he's got a lot of ambition and he seems to uh be filling out the spots that that we had gaps in last year um so yeah will Kuntz, uh yeah, we'll see. It's interesting as well that he said, you know, that he wanted to he, he always wanted to manage Galaxy at some point, I, I believe. Yeah, um, he's been a longtime fan and from the area as well. I believe. I, I believe that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was interesting, like how he got involved with the Yankees. I, I haven't heard that part of the story, but it, it's really fascinating, uh, really intelligent guy. So, so as, as you mentioned, Tim, I mean, he's like just the perfect candidate to fill in the club GM position that the Galaxy have been lacking really since Bruce Arena was like the co uh, was uh, head coach slash GM of the club back when he was with the team. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and Bruce Arena. I mean, how long has it been since he was? Uh, he left in 2016, so two years after they won their last championship. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's been gone for a while. Because Dennis to close was he was he a GM or was he had a similar? Role? Yeah, I think technically he was club GM or a very similar role to that. Technically, it might have been a, a a technical different title, but yeah, basically doing that for the club. And it yeah. seemed like he was a good fit initially, but we all know what kind of happened with him. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Uh, last season i mean i understand that the because i mean we had that issue with signing players uh we mm -hmm. we weren't able to sign international players in that first transfer window yeah. before the during the off season yeah and so we weren't able to get in you know more key players until the summer and uh yeah with dennis to close i think that some of that punishment was was what from what i understand his responsibility or you know it happened under his tenure yeah, um, yeah. The only, I mean, he got off because technically he wasn't with the major league soccer team anymore once it was discovered yeah. what happened. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, well, anyways, yeah. So I, before we get into the key signings that Will Coons has been kind of responsible, partly responsible for, and I, we definitely want to talk about that. I want to talk about some of the key departures. So I know uh, Chikorito, one of your all-time favorite players, unfortunately, is no longer with the team. Uh, as is uh, Douglas Acosta, no longer with the team. Raheem Edwards, Tyler Boyd, who I'm really bummed that he's not with the team anymore. So if you could touch on some of the the key departures, what do you think the Galaxy is maybe going to be missing with some of these guys no longer here? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to, I mean, Chicharito, I mean, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a new, you know, a new fan again of the sport. Uh, and when I was getting into, you know, into soccer and watching MLS and, and, you know, really watching the Galaxy again, uh, Chicharito was a huge part of that. I mean, because, uh, I mean, he was with the team from 2020 on, was that yeah, I mean, it was kind of just unfortunate that COVID happened when it did. They signed him. We were so excited. He played maybe one or two games, and then the lockdowns happened, and then that was it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was that was unfortunate, but but yeah, the twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. I mean, there were. I, I always remember those seasons for yeah. Chicharito because he was he was really he was a killer out there. I mean, he was uh, the perfect number nine in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like. He was doing what Chicharito does where he just he may not be like the most technically like uh, competent uh, soccer player out there, but he finds a way to score and he finds a way to get in the, in the dangerous spots where he can really do some damage. And so, um, yeah, I mean, Chicharito, I was bummed to see him go. I mean, last year was a bit of a, a bit of an off year. I mean, just overall with the team. I mean, we had so many injuries and, and, and he was really the first one. From what I remember, I mean, Chicharito, I think only made it 10 games and then he had that really bad injury in Salt Lake. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, season ending. Yeah. Was that his ACL? Or... Yeah. 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 And so um, I know that he I know that he had talked about, you know, wanting to uh, that he had a desire to to actually retire his career with Galaxy like that. That would have been something that he would have, you know, interested in and wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. I I I do I am sad that he left the team because I know I know that he wasn't always the you know I, he had he had a number of detractors but when when he was when he was you know when he was switched on he was and and you know he was doing his thing he was really effective I mean the only, I mean they they were talking about the golden boot for him like those over those two years I believe at some point he was he was really really up there on the charts you know during the end of the season. Um, but yeah, um, him going to, you know, if he wasn't with Galaxy and, and, and he did leave the team, he went to uh, the Chivas, right, in, in Liga Mexico. I believe so. Yeah. In fact, actually, for uh, that, that special tournament they do between uh, Liga MX and MLS, they're going to be facing each other. So he's actually going to be returning to Dignity Health Sports Park just Ooh, on the other side of the field, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. right. That'll be interesting. And I mean. I do, I do love the fact that that like he went to his boyhood club. You yeah. know, you always be that. So, yeah. I mean, that's where that's where he that's where he learned soccer. You know, where where he really grew his game. And so to see him return his old team like that, and I, you know, I understand they had a big, you know, big ceremony for his uh, reintroduction onto the team. But uh, it seems I I feel like that's a good fit for him too to to see out his career. So excited for that for him honestly and i've been i've been looking i've been looking at the games a little bit to see if he's made i know he's not fielded on yet i think he's probably still working on his fitness but Uh uh, it'll be exciting to see him return yeah um pretty cool and yeah, what uh, some other son? Yeah, you mentioned uh, so, Tyler Boyd. Uh, Douglas Costa was it didn't have his contract renewed. That one was kind of hit or miss. I mean, sometimes he was yeah. like on fire, just a great, amazing player, and sometimes he just like looked really disinterested. So it was hard to tell. Uh, I wouldn't say call him a complete bust, but I mean. Uh, uh, I guess like I, I would look at his tenure is, I mean, not as quite as successful as Chicorito's was, but and decent, I guess. Maybe I just best way of putting it. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, especially it, it really didn't feel like his first because, yeah, he was with us two years. Right. I, I, I believe. Yeah. 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 A full two years, because I remember they got him on the mm-hmm. on the off season that uh, and he started in 2022. Um, but, yeah, that was yeah, I, I'd say that was mixed as well. Like he there were there were it was often you would find that he didn't seem. He didn't seem to to really work on his fitness too much. I mean, first off, and, and I can't blame him 
but as a DP, you kind of hope and expect that that they'll be trying their best. And and there were a lot of times that it didn't seem that he was very serious or that yeah. he's very interested in being on on the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, he really didn't even switch on until last season. I feel like he, I feel like he, I feel like he started trying because he was ready to, he was ready to interview for his next team. Yeah. Like that's sort of how it felt to me because he didn't really, he wasn't effective. And there, I mean, he got into a lot of fights. He was starting some really, he got yeah. some really petty red cards with mm-hmm. that. You just sort of say, okay, come on. I mean, be serious here. So I think that there were a lot of times that he really didn't want to be fielded when honestly, yeah. because it, he didn't look like it, but yeah. So seeing him go like he, 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 I think he sort of redeemed himself a little bit, but overall mm-hmm. nothing, nothing too special. I'd say. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Tyler Boyd, I want to just touch on him very briefly. So, uh, you know, work coach mentality. I just loved his style of play that he was the only player who played every minute of every game. Uh, he suffered a hand injury, but that didn't stop him. He was still going out there playing, even with a broken hand. Uh, very effective, you know, scoring from outside. Uh, I think controlled the midfield very well. So it's just a shame that the team couldn't really fight, quite fit him in with their new plans. And we're going to get into that as well. But uh, yeah, so I, I definitely wish him well in uh, Nashville. I think that's where he went to, but he was a joy to watch. I, I really love those players who were like, you know, box to box you know, constantly giving their all. And yeah, he was definitely uh, uh, the kind of player that I think a lot of players should aspire to be like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we only had him for the one year and, and uh, there, it seemed like there was a lot of potential because we, I think we signed him from that Turkish, uh, you know, soccer club. Yeah. Yeah. And he had, he had been played with, you know, injuries throughout his career from what I understand. And so he was a bit of a wild card, but he really, yeah, he really showed him. He really showed his potential on the field. I mean, he always, like you said, yeah, I understood that he always. I believe he did. He always start. Was he? Did he really play? Yeah, yeah. That's I, I, what he said every, that I saw from uh, the Corner of the Galaxy podcast. They said he started every minute of every game in twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the fact that if that you're in every single game is just. I mean, yeah, that's that's what you hope for and, and strive for. For your, but I mean, it's so easy. It feels like it's so easy for players to get injured. I mean, that's just—it's—it's it's sort of a matter. Sooner or later, you're going to get an injury. It just depends. But yeah, the fact that he was playing through, you know, a broken arm, and <laughs> really just showed that. And you know, his, his work rate. Um, he was he he always gave it his all. It always felt that way. Mm-hmm. And so, like the fact that he, I believe, tied or was just just under our top goal goal scoring for our, for our team last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the fact that we couldn't, we couldn't, you know, re-sign him was a bit of a disappointment for me because I feel like I, I, I don't believe that he was fighting for a GP contract. So, mm-hmm. so really in my eyes, it's like, we've had so many hit or miss players that like, if you're, if you, if you got a good player like Tyler Boyd, who really shows up for the team, who's really effective who can really, you know, has good control, is really good on one-on-one situations, and he's not going to be paid DP money. It's just it, it feels hard to believe that, you know, we can't come up with that type of money. But mm-hmm. like you said, I mean, it could be more so that, you know, we were finding, you know, players that could maybe surpass his ability. I mean, those are we we're sort of targeting the winger position and 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 yeah, with the DP signings that looks like we're going to have mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe there was enough room, you know, to keep him as a starter. So that was, I could see that also being a bit of an issue there, or, you know, what led to him not being re-signed if he couldn't find, um, you know, consistent minutes again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's definitely one of the challenges that, you know, that uh, people like, you know, the head coach, uh, Greg Vanny and uh, club GM, Will Koontz, they have to deal with like, yes, these players are great, but I mean, if we can get value from them, and actually make our team stronger in the process. I mean, then you kind of have to pull the trigger on some of those things. So I'm assuming that was the case with Tyler Boyd. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So so he'll be missed. But uh, we we have so many exciting new players to be really really happy about. So let's go ahead and jump back into that that clip uh, from the the YouTube Galaxy show. This is going to be more audio from uh, Greg Vanny and Will Koontz talking about 
the transformation the team went during the offseason and how uh, our future, the Galaxy's future, could be vastly improved based on their new acquisitions. I think people are excited to show the world that last year was an aberration and that we're going to be coming back stronger and bringing the Galaxy to the heights of the league that we used to occupy. The single most important thing for our group is that last year it goes into the rearview mirror and we're really focused on who we're going to be now, our process, uh, getting everybody back on the field, the guys who are still recovering from injuries, the new guys coming in and connecting this group. And last year was a set of circumstances that were unique for anyone. Uh, we have to just understand that and move on so that this year our mentality is, is all about this particular group and this season and this, uh, this journey that we're about to embark on as a group to be successful this year. Our primary focus in the offseason has been on improving the roster, as it always is. And one of the key areas we wanted to address was depth. And so adding some veteran leadership across the club, whether that's a left back like John Nelson, uh, a forward like Miguel Berry, or a goalkeeper like John McCarthy has been something we're really excited about. Uh, you know, we're adding Miki Yamane, a very successful uh, right back from Japan who's played with Maya Yoshida, the national team. Peck, first and foremost, is a great profile fit for the types of players that we're looking to add. He's a dynamic attacking winger who has had a very strong career at a young age in Brazil, which is a very competitive league. We like his competitiveness, his character, his ability to score goals and work hard for the group. But we are really thrilled to have Gabriel choose the Galaxy as the next place to start his career, and we're excited to see what he brings to the MLS. So very excited about having some more depth and some more high-end attacking pieces. So very cool. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's really cool to hear both uh, Greg Vanny and Will Koontz talk about these new players that we've gotten. And uh, the Gabriel Peck, their, their newest uh, officially signed DP, uh, that's, that's officially, that's important to know, officially signed, because we're going to be talking about another uh, guy who's coming to town very soon as well. Uh, Gabriel Peck coming with us to the team with a very high pedigree of a success from Brazil. So what did you think of the news when you heard that Gabriel Peck was going to be signing with the team? Um, I was... Sorry, am I still there? You're good. You're good. <laughs> okay. okay cool. Yeah. I, I was very excited. Um, I mean, from what I understand, he was really the player for Vasco da Gama. And uh, I understand that they were, at least at some point during their, their season under a relegation battle or were pretty close to being, mm -hmm. you know, picked off their, the, the top flight of a Brazilian soccer. But, uh, but yeah, the fact that, that we're, we were able to land a player like him who, uh, you know, is it like, yeah, a, an attacking winger is just what we need. You know, if, if we, cause it felt like a lot of the issues that Galaxy has had is not really having great service. I mean, in particular, the winger position. Um, you know, we've had we've had really good. You know, we've seen what Dejan Jovalich can do. Uh, you know, as a number nine and and Chicharito as well. And I think that like if we had a little better service into the box and just had some really competent wingers on, you know, both the left and right. Uh, would have made a big, a, a huge difference for the team. Um, so a player like Gabe, Gabriel Peck, uh, yeah, it seemed all good to me. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was sort of their star player, uh, super young. What was he, like 21? Or... Uh, 23, 23 years old. 23, okay, yeah. So he's still still so much potential in his career, and, and he's really uh, just getting started. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm pretty sure his stats, he had like, did he have like, 18 goals last season or something crazy. Yeah, he and had a lot, a of, a lot of assists. Yeah, yeah like is like one of I think he's one of those players who almost has a goal contribution for you know most of the games they're they're playing. So for you know for someone for a team like Galaxy to land someone like that, just yeah, it's exactly what we're looking for. So that that was a very exciting signing. Uh, I can't wait to see what what he'll be able to offer the team. I know. You know, it'll probably take – you never know how long it takes for a player to integrate into a new team. It seems like sometimes it can be real quick, but um, sometimes it can take a while just for the chemistry. But uh, we'll see. I mean, it seems all upside to me.
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So the reports that I've, I've read online is that uh, because of visa issues and the contract signing, getting all that, everything worked out, uh, he wasn't able to make it to the Coachella Valley Invitational. So he didn't get to do any of the preseason games with the team. But my understanding is he is going to be available, I think, starting either Tuesday or Wednesday to start formal training with the team to get them ready for their huge, massive game against uh, Inter-Miami to start the season. And we're going to get to that Inter-Miami game as well. <laughs> so yeah. you're right. It, it could take a little bit of time to get uh acclimated to a new team a new climate obviously united states is much different than brazil but uh but i think he's gonna fit in just fine i think he's gonna do really really well i think he's gonna excel in this league and it's exciting that we have uh, this really young kid that's gonna have so many years to flourish and grow and he's got so much like untapped potential just waiting to bust out so i'm really excited to watch this uh gabriel peck guy yeah, I mean, the, just the fact that he the, he's one of those players who already has, uh, you know, like goal compilations for uh, is just I think tells you a lot mm-hmm. about as far as what what he's capable of. So it's it's that's a real exciting signing for mm-hmm. sure. Okay, so let's do a little j- jump. Uh, I guess uh, tinfoil tinfoil hat, like you know, conspiracy theory, like just speculation, hardcore speculation. And again, there's lots of clues that are going out right now that apparently uh, Joseph Pentzil from Ghana has a, is on the process, on, on the verge of signing a contract with the Galaxy at 26 years old. This is another kid who's coming with us, a very high pedigree of soccer ability in him. Uh, played for uh, Gank, I think was his club. I wasn't really Gank, familiar. Yeah. Gank, thank you. Yeah, I wasn't really familiar with this player beforehand, but after reading everything that I've read and seeing clips of him play, I mean, this is a total baller. He's going to be really fantastic for the team. So talk a little bit about Joseph Pentzil, at least, at least what you know about him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been reading the rumors and, and sort of looked into him. And uh, yeah, I mean, last, I'm pretty sure last season, from what I remember, it was like uh, he played 36 games, he had 18 goals and 14 assists, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that's like, uh, what was that? 32. So like out of 36 games, he had like 32 goal contributions, essentially, you know, on average. So it's yeah. like, that's, almost every single game this is a player who's who's doing something yeah uh and so yeah i mean he's got talking about yeah he, i've seen he's got a lot of youtube videos um made up you know with him as the subject and and you know him scoring goals so that's it's it's pretty exciting and and yeah a player with uh, european uh soccer experience you know playing in the belgium mm-hmm. league and for a team like gank i you know I don't know too much about him, but I but I know some players who've been signed from there. Um, like the other team I follow, Aston Villa on, in the Premier League, uh, one of their star players, Leon Bailey, was originally from Gank mm-hmm. or was playing on that team, and, and he's killing it right now. So, oh, very cool. um, I mean, if he's any any potential sign of of what we can see, I mean, that's just uh, yeah. I mean, Joseph Painsell. So that that's an exciting one. Yeah, I mean, there's. Uh, yeah, I think there's been a video of him at Dignity Health Sports Park. I mean, he's already here in LA. I mean, what else? Have, I mean, there's a few signs pointing that that he that he might be here. I would be completely shocked and surprised if he doesn't sign a contract. I mean, it just seems the writing's yeah. on the wall. He he's gonna sign a contract. Uh, he probably won't be ready for for Inter Miami. But uh, but again, it's just exciting that we have three DPS all under the age of thirty for the first time ever in team history. Uh, not to say yeah, that the old guys okay. can't contribute, but again, that's kind of <laughs> going towards the old MLS philosophy of what people I've unofficially coined the MLS 2.0, where you mm. would sign an aging uh, European superstar who could bring in big numbers, but maybe are kind of more on the, the, the decline of their career. This is definitely three, including Ricky Pooh, who's been with the team for a couple number of years now. He's only 24. Uh, these three guys together, all under the age of 30, in fact, even under the age of 27, if you want to just uh, get it as close as possible, uh, all three of them have bright futures and can easily contribute on a super high level. So I think automatically the Galaxy have just turned into one of the most dangerous teams in the Western Conference, just with these three guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, there's already enough signs that looks like Joseph is going to come. And it really just feels like, yeah, with like, I mean, a new direction that, that this team is going now with, you know, signing, all, you know, three young DPs. First time in team history. I didn't know that, mm-hmm. but that's very, that's very interesting. It's very, very telling because, um, yeah, we've seen some of the, some of the stars that have, have 
played for the team and and sort of the model that that the team has operated under. So to see three players with huge potential, uh, you know, they've made huge impacts in, in, you know, either previous teams or, you know, Ricky has made a huge impact with this team. Uh, it's just, it'll be really interesting to see what they can do together on the field. Um, and if they're all healthy, all staying fit. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what kind of service they can offer the team. And, you know, it's, it feels, it feels, uh, yeah, it just feels like a season with lots of potential. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. So let's jump into some of the other recent signings, too, that I think are actually going to be big contributors to the team. Uh, Miki Yamane, uh, a right back, Japanese descent, uh, played on the Japanese squad in Qatar. So a World Cup experience. Really, really exciting that he was part of that team. Uh, most likely playing next to uh, Maya Yoshida, who the Galaxy picked up last season, who's going to be playing the center back role, most likely. Or the center back position is going to be kind of iffy now. Because we have uh, Martin uh, Casares back from injury, which is great to have him back. Jalen Neal, oh, yeah. who I mean, I'm I'm so bummed that you know the poor kid had to, I guess, dealing with a hip pointer or some type of bad injury. He's expected to return, but he's going to have to miss maybe a month of action. But once he's back, I mean, it's going to be kind of a fight. I think who's going to be the regular starter at center back. But going back to Yamane, I mean, it's really cool that the city of LA is just kind of buzzing with Japanese superstars like Otane and uh, Yamamoto for the Dodgers. And I think just because of that, I think people are going to be paying attention. Hey, uh, the LA Galaxy, they got some Japanese soccer players. So what do you think uh, Yamane could contribute to the team? Um, You know, I he's one of the players where I haven't heard. Like, I understand. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'm, I don't know too much about him, but I am excited to see that, you know, he – not, like apparently has a, has had a good career in Japan and the fact that he's been uh you know a regular player on their on the Japanese national soccer team uh is just that's always a huge plus i mean there's not too many you know in every single league there's not there's only a certain set amount of players who are ever going to make the bench let alone play uh or you know I'll flip that but yeah who who who's even going to be called up to the national team. So to see, uh, you know, someone like uh, Yoshida who, uh, who seemed to, who seemed to be, do, he, I, I like that he, he, he seemed to do a good job last year. Um, it, it was kind of hard to judge that a little because, you know, by the time he came on, we, we already had so many injuries and the team was a little bit crippled that I feel like we didn't really get to see his full potential either, just because, the team was, you know, undergoing shock, but yeah, the fact that uh, we have this new right back who's, uh, you know, intimately familiar with or playing with uh, our center back already and played on the national team. It seems like there'll be good. There'll be a lot of potential there as well. And uh, you know, the right uh, Caligari, uh, you know, seeing him uh, play right back last season was, was great for us. And that was, that was another departure that was a bit of a bummer because he always provided you know he like tyler boyd when i think of the two hardest players like i would say him and tyler boyd were probably up there as far as yeah. like hustle you know and energy that they brought and to see caligari get injured was kind of a bummer because he was he already had you know that position locked down he was he was going to start every time he was sort of like um you know he was he was a wing back and that you know he he had potential to move up the field and with some speed and skill and, you know, make crosses that, that our forwards and, you know, attacking midfielders used. Uh, so yeah, to lose a player like that to Yamane. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll see again. I was surprised with Caligari because he, we had, I had, there wasn't too much history with that player, but he seemed to do well. And so Yamane, it'll be interesting to see what he brings. Um, yeah, do you know? Is do you know if he goes up? Like, does he? Is he like attack minded? I I don't know. Have you? Oh, unfortunately, do yeah, have- I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I don't think he was one of the regular starters for the the World Cup squad that played in Qatar. But I mean, he was definitely on the twenty six man team. So I don't. I have to. I'll do a little more research so I can answer that question for you, Tim. But um, I, I would imagine he's probably attack minded. I think that would kind of fit in more with uh, uh, Greg Vanny's like style of play or what he would want expect from his uh, his uh, fullbacks. So yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, good point. Because I mean, 
Because I was going to say, yeah, with the system that we've had under Greg Vanny for the past three years, you've always had a, you know, a right back who would really push up the wing. Uh, So like you said, he probably fits under the system. I would, I would suppose. Yeah. And he's definitely a right back that, that information I know for sure. So um, very cool. So there are a few other new, new players that we could touch on. There's just one more that I really wanted to focus on and that's uh, John McCarthy. So very interesting. Uh, he's the third player to play for both uh, LAFC and the Galaxy. Uh, I'll just go on and say it. he's the sole reason or the main reason that uh, LAFC won an MLS Cup a few years ago with two penalty saves. <laughs> yeah. So I was I was pretty excited when I found out the Galaxy were signing him. But I did think it was an interesting signing because, I mean, he's essentially a starter, starting goalkeeper. And uh, Jonathan Boyd, I think mean, he's had some ups and downs. I think for the most part, he's been really good. But uh, they mentioned it on the corner of the Galaxy podcast. It almost kind of seemed like, hey, I mean, he could very well be a replacement for for Jonathan Bond. Or Jonathan Bond, this could be a sign that he, to other MLS teams, hey, Jonathan Bond is on the market. We're looking to unload this guy. So where do you stand on the goalkeeper situation? Do you still like Bond? Would you like to see McCarthy jump in as a starter? In fact, there was even a third goalie I think they signed, right? Yeah, it was that, I think he's also from Serbia, uh, so uh, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, as a Mikovic or yeah, Mikovic, thank um, you. Yeah, Mikovic. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. So between the three of the Mikovic, I mean, uh, Jonathan Bond. I feel yeah. So Jonathan Bond. I would say he always seemed. I I like Jonathan Bond, but I feel like it wasn't always consistent under Jonathan Bond. Mm-hmm. And so Mikovic, I understand he's a young player, early twenties, still lots of potential. But he seems to, I mean, I mean, I've heard, you know, I've heard that he's in, he's in, that he's a contender for the starting spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so between him and Bond and uh, McCarthy, yeah, I mean, McCarthy, like you said, he was really responsible for, you know, it came down to penalty kicks and he made some crazy good saves. So it's, you can see what he's, you know, the potential that he has. And he's like, he's already had a MLS career for a while. And, and, you know, is, so I think that, yeah, between him and bond, it'll be interesting to see who, who's going to start, or even if it, it'll be Mikovic. Um, but yeah, I think that getting a player like him, uh, yeah. If we had the opportunity to, I'd say he's either as good or even better than Jonathan bond. And I understand we were paying Jonathan bond quite a bit. So, um, I don't know. He wasn't always the most consistent. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, we'll see where where that position goes. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of one of those things where, like, you know, you tune in to, to Apple TV Plus to watch the game and you're thinking, oh, who's going to be the, the starting goalie? I mean, we don't know. The rest of the other starting positions, I think, are pretty much filled. But it will be interesting come game time, turn on the TV and say, oh, who's starting? <laughs> because yeah. I, I honestly think that Jonathan Bond could be on the, the selling block. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but it'd be interesting. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a really interesting season. Yeah, very cool, very exciting. So actually, I wanted to touch base on you now. So there was news this week, uh, Tim. I don't know if you saw they they officially unveiled the Angelino kit, which I guess will be the primary uh, home kit for for the LA Galaxy. Do you like the design? I do like the the sash, and it's pretty cool that they used like blue I'm, I'm gonna try and describe it to the best i can for the listeners because you can only hear me you can't see it but uh, uh thin blue lines moving diagonally so it creates like a really big thick white sash line that goes diagonally with it it's a really cool sleek leaking i think and it's got some cool gold trim so it really features the galaxy's primary colors of blue white and gold i, I think it looks pretty cool uh angelino kit i'm not particularly sure why i got the name i guess maybe to really appeal to the 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 city but i think last year's was kind of more like inclined to actually be using like the uh la flag colors right the the kit they unveiled last year yeah that's right that green and yellow and red uh kit that they had last year was like the la city colors yeah so Um, do you like this new angelino kit that they just unveiled yeah i think I think it's interesting. You know, I, I did really like the previous kit. Um, I've heard mixed things about it. I, I personally like the new one, mm-hmm. but I think I like the last white one better. The City of Dreams kit. Oh, I think yeah. that one was called That's uh, with the stars. Yeah. yeah, it had like, you know, the stars going around uh, the uh, kind of the sleeves and uh, and over the, the neck. Um, I was a fan of that. But uh, th- this new one looks interesting. Yeah, and it'll be 
it'll be fun. It'll be fun. I, I, I don't think, yeah, I think it looks good. I, I do think I, I like the way it looks. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Not, probably not as much the last one, but I do like, so mm -hmm. I don't yeah. hate it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very cool. Very cool. Okay. So then uh, two more talking points that I want to bring up really quick for, for major league soccer uh, replacement refs. So it looks like the, the, the refs union rejected the offer that was offered to them. And because of that, uh, it appears that the refs are actually going to be locked out, which mean, which meaning that the, the owners are telling the refs that they can't participate in play or not play, but referee games rather. So we're going to get replacement refs. And if you remember, you know, several years ago when this happened with the NFL, it was, uh, I guess, sort of disastrous, you know, like it was mixed feelings. <laughs> but ultimately, I'm just glad we're not having a work stoppage that the season's not being postponed until they actually get this worked out. Uh, so replacement refs, do you think it's going to make a big difference? Uh, I only really heard about it just a few days ago so my guess is the league was prepared but they were so prepared that they didn't really have to worry people about it i don't know it just seems like kind of unusual timing yeah i don't know like i mean i i'm not a fan of the pro like i don't know i feel like i feel like every league will have complaints against their refs so like <laughs> i always hear like you know mls refs like oh they're like pro refs like i think pro is the ref organization that operates yeah. and yeah yeah and mls and and i always hear bad things about it from like there's always like people from other countries saying oh they're the mls is the worst or mls refs are the worst and but then when you look at like pages for you know soccer pages social media pages uh for other teams and other countries and other leagues they always say the same thing i mean everyone always blames the refs uh you know for being inconsistent or you know this or that or maybe complaints with var you know video assist uh referees yeah um so when it comes to this one i it's interesting yeah i mean i've always i've had a lot of complaints against the refs you know there have been a lot of games i feel like uh i always tell denise we always laugh about you know who's going to be the ref today because now you know we've watched enough where we're sort of familiar with you know okay who's gonna be, who's it gonna be and you know oh we hope it's not ted uncle or we hope it's not <laughs> you know so and so and so um yeah, I mean, I, I heard people saying, you know, oh, if if they don't get signed on or if we don't reach an agreement with them, well, who cares? But, you know, like you said about we saw with NFL and I understand soccer's done a similar thing before where, you know, we didn't make a, a deal with, you know, the quote unquote best ref organization for that season. And, and we've had, you know, there are some uh, disastrous or at least, you know, real, real inconsistent calls. So. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm afraid personal or, you know, I'm afraid for the inconsistency that I see is going to come uh, just because if it's not going to be, you know, pro refs, who's it going to be, you know, somebody who's not probably somebody who's not uh, refing at the same, you know, the same uh, level as what we already have, because, you know, otherwise they'd already be there. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it it it's it has the potential to go bad so we'll see that's what i yeah i don't know yeah, I definitely agree that it could go really bad. It could be decent. We could be presently surprised. But at the same time, as I mentioned earlier, I'm just glad that we're not getting a, a, a game stoppage and that we're actually going to move forward. Yeah. With this plan. And speaking of that, so the final copying point that I want to go over tonight, uh, first game against Inter-Miami one week from tonight. I'm so psyched for this game. This is probably the number one game for the season that I'm look, most looking forward to. Uh, before Inter-Miami faces the Galaxy, they are going to be – hosting RSL in Miami. So they have a midweek game to start off the season to kick off Major League Soccer. And then after that, Messi and friends will be joining us here at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park on Sunday, uh, February 25th, I believe. Yeah, yeah, 25th. So so what, what do you what do you think? Is this a great way to start the season? Does is the test going to be too hard for this new Galaxy team against Miami? What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts about facing Messi and friends? You know, I think it's going to be a really interesting game. Um, I mean, because... Yeah, I mean, essentially, Inner Miami is really the team that people are talking about because, I mean, it's the team that, you know, that landed Messi after his last, you know, his last European team that he played for in, in Paris. And so, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of eyes on Miami right now. I mean, it's Messi, you know, arguably the best football football player in, in the world. And so to see, you know, him and you know basically a bunch of old teammates old friends that he's played with on barcelona mm -hmm. you know all on one team 
it's kind of the it's kind of the all-star team you know for mls it's like oh my gosh we have you know this is barcelona you know this is this was like we have some of the best players that barcelona has had you know currently playing on the same team in mls so i mean yeah that's it's definitely yeah it's it's probably the most uh interesting game i'm and yeah i'm definitely excited for this next sunday um, just to see, just to see him face off with Galaxy, and as far as what I think is going to happen, I think it's very interesting because Galaxy still hasn't. You know, we talked about we haven't we haven't finished all of our signings yet. We don't necessarily have all of our. I mean, we don't even have our third DP you know spot locked in, but for all intents and purposes, it's going to happen. But yeah. uh, you know, with Galaxy, we we have a. We have a lot of potential. We have we've just signed all these players, but we haven't really seen how they play together yet. So I mean, we're sort of a team with a lot of upside, but we haven't we haven't actually seen us play as this Galaxy team before. And I think it's it's sort of the same way for Miami. So it sort of feels like a level playing field because Miami's made you know a lot of signings during their offseason, you know, got Luis Suarez. Uh, who, you know, they picked up ex-Barcelona player. I mean, so it feels sort of like Miami and L.A. both have teams that will have that have a lot of potential, but are still working on their chemistry. So I don't know. I think it'll be interesting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then other things to just consider is the fact that uh, that uh, Inter Miami is going to be facing RSL midweek. So they have a game in hand yeah. for the Galaxy, but that could be the entire league's not playing on Wednesday, then flying cross country to the West Coast, which they'll probably do maybe Friday evening, then rest and relax on Saturday, or maybe do training on Saturday. I'm not sure, but uh, I, I think uh, the timing could actually play in favor of the Galaxy. Not that I want the Galaxy to have any breaks. I mean, I, I definitely want Inter-Miami <laughs> at full strength. But uh, my prediction is that I think uh, Inter-Miami is actually going to demolish RSL on their home opener. And then when they come to face the Galaxy next week, I'm, I'm seeing it as like a 1-1 or a 2-2 tie. But but again, regardless, though, it's going to be a really exciting, fun game to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be it'll be exciting. And yeah, I mean, they that game sold out a long time ago. So it'll be a full stadium. You know, we'll have... I think we'll have all the support behind our players. I mean, there'll obviously be a lot of Messi fans or a lot of people interested in seeing... Uh, messy but just the fact that they kept the game you know in dignity health versus somewhere like you know the rose bowl which mm-hmm. i because i mean honestly i feel like galaxy probably could have had it at the rose bowl but if we had her at the rose bowl we'd probably have a lot more miami fans you know filling those seats so the fact that it's going to be a dignity health is is very exciting because you know i think our team will be pumped up you know and there'll be a lot of new potential in the field a lot of new players trying to prove themselves on the field. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing just also to, to bring up for being at the home stadium versus somewhere else for the home opener. Uh, they talked about, I forget the names of the gentlemen that uh, 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 Josh Gessman talked about on his podcast, the corner of the galaxy, but they were talking about how the, the revamps that the stadium's gone through, like things have been streamlined, like uh, uh, security is much better now. Apparently you don't have to take out your oh, yeah. wallet and your your keys, you can leave them all in your pocket as you go through uh, the metal detector. So it should make getting through the gates much, much faster. Uh, wow. They revamp okay. like uh, soccer fest. They basically, you're going to kind of make it more like a inviting family atmosphere. I think maybe sort of similar to what the Dodgers have done with Dodger stadium, not like with the full renovations where they have like a play area for the kids, but I think it's actually going to be a really mm-hmm. cool They Basically the way they've described it is that they really want to show off the stadium now. So that's where they really wanted to do the home opener at dignity health versus going to the Rose bowl. But even though you, you are right, they absolutely could have sold out the Rose bowl for, for Messi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I really like Dignity Health. So the fact that they made more even more improvements on it, um, that'll be exciting to see what they do there or you yeah. know what they've done. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. So that's all the talking points I had tonight, Tim. Was there anything else about the Galaxy or anything else in general you wanted to bring up before we wrap up? Not really. I think we really covered all the all the main, you know, all the good stories. Um, so I mean, go Galaxy. Uh let's go 2024. Um, I think, I think we're going to make the playoffs if I'm going to guess, you know, I mean, we haven't even started the season, but as far as like how I think it's going to end, I think we're, I think this, 
this team looks like it's going to be a team that's going to make the playoffs for sure, just because of who we're going to have on it. Uh, arguably, I think, you know, with if 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 Paintsol comes through and we have, you know, our, these three DPs, I think they'll arguably be, you know, one will be one of the teams with the three best DPs on their team. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm excited. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. The odds of the galaxy having like, you know, six or seven starters go down with injury and miss like a good chunk of the season. Like it's just like last year was just like huge anomaly. So yeah, if everyone yeah. stays healthy, yeah. I mean, we might have an injury or two throughout the season, but if, if this team that they've assembled stays healthy, I guarantee they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, and then who knows after that? I mean, I, I think they could be one of the b- better teams in the Western conference top three, and possibly be competing for an MLS Cup this year. But uh, we'll have to just wait and see. But as a fan, I'm just excited that Will Koontz and and Greg Vanny and everybody else involved has put together a really awesome team for us to be excited about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So if there's nothing else, we'll go ahead and wrap up. But uh, Tim, thank you so much for joining me. I always love talking LA Galaxy soccer with you. Uh, well, I'll definitely have you on later in the year for, for additional fun talking fights. And again, it's always just a blast to catch up with you. And I hope you and your family are doing great. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, I love coming on here. And I mean, talking about Galaxy, I, I mean, soccer's still growing in the, in the country. And so, you know, the more... You know, every time I meet a new MLS fan, I'm just, you know, I'm ready to like <laughs> talk, you know, talk, let's talk the sport, let's talk our teams. So, I mean, yeah, I love it. So, thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, we'll see where the season goes. Very cool. Okay. So, thank you, everybody. You've been listening to the Casting for Fun podcast. Have a good night.